following reading is taken from a book called Pastoral Theology by Thomas Murphy. Murphy was a student of Archibald Alexander at Princeton Theological Seminary. Pastoral Visitation A prominent part of the pastor's work is to go from house to house and see all the families of his congregation at home. It is expected of him, and justly, that he should occasionally enter into every household carrying with him the spirit and the message of the gospel. His duty of the minister is indispensable. It is indispensable that he should visit the families of his congregation, and it is also very desirable that he should see other families and seek to enter them and the great concerns of their souls. No faithful pastor can or will neglect this work of pastoral visitation. It was sanctioned and made obligatory by apostolic example. Paul could say to the Ephesians, I kept back nothing that was profitable to you but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. We read also the apostles that daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. This visiting of the pastor is necessary in order that he may know and keep up acquaintance with the people of his charge. It would be a cold business to preach to an assembly of people when they were not even personally known. The pastor must become acquainted individually with his ears in order to exert the proper influence with them. It is particularly important that he should know by name of possible every one of the children. The minister possesses a great source of influence who knows every youth and child of his congregation and can call them by name as well as take them by the hand when he meets them. It is no easy task to keep up this acquaintance with everyone, young and old, in a large congregation. It requires painstaking to do it. And there is no other way in which it can be done so well as by seeing the families and becoming acquainted with them at home. Unless a pastor is in the habit of calling frequently upon the people of his charge, it is difficult to see how he can keep up a proper interest in them. How can he have the necessary pastoral attachment to them if he never sees him excepting casually on the Sabbath? Moreover, how can he so well show his interest in them? It is obvious that a pastor should cultivate the affections of his people. He should endeavor to draw them to himself in order that he may thereby be enabled to draw them to Christ. And nothing will contribute so powerfully to this goodwill between pastor and people as visiting them at their homes. This will prove to them that their minister cares for them. Resulting attachment and confidence will more than repay for all the trouble that may have been taken. Even when visiting is not directly beneficial in spiritual things, it will produce this kindly feeling. It will prove a bond of friendship. The people will listen more attentively to the words of the minister whom they love. They will have far more influence with them, and they will help them more cordially in every work for the upbuilding of the kingdom. It is necessary that the pastor should go amongst his people in order that he may become acquainted with their spiritual wants and trials and temptations, in order that he may sympathize with them in their joys and sorrows. There are sorrows of soul, troubles and perplexities of spirit about which many long to consult him, who is their spiritual guide and friend. Deeply important to the pastor are the questions, who of his dear people are doubting their salvation? who are tempted, who almost given up in despair, who inquiring a way of life, who is almost in the kingdom, who needing but a word from him to bring them to a happy 
decision for Jesus. These needs can be found out only by its going amongst the people and seeing and hearing from themselves. The pastor will find that there are always those who are just waiting for him to open a conversation with them about their eternal interests. This work of helping individual souls and their spiritual conflicts, helping them to find Christ, or helping them to a closer embrace if they have already found him is one of the most blessed avocations of the pastor. He should go from house to house with a word of counsel or comfort to all who will listen or open their hearts to him as pastor and friend. He should give instruction to his innumerable points which may not ever be reached in the pulpit. He should comfort the sorrowing the embarrassed, and the sorely tried. He should assist in solving doubts and taking away false confidences. He should minister in all those peculiarities of spiritual wants which can be reached only by coming near to the souls of individuals and the sympathy of Christ. England with the people, going from house to house among them, hearing their views, learning their aspirations, and ascertaining their needs, knowing their trials sympathizing with them, participating in their joys and sorrows, and learning to love them. We have an eminently valuable method of gathering both manner and motive for preaching. We may learn from the godly of them a religious experience that will be fresh and precious. From the ones that we meet, we may know what to preach and how to shape our discourses so that they may be the most profitable. Then the love for the people which we gradually acquire by associating with them will compel us to preach with an earnestness that is bent on their spiritual welfare. We will then plead with them as with friends who are dear to our hearts, as no others could plead with them. This will give living fervidness to our discourses and clothe them with a power that will be irresistible. The fact is that in order to perform the duties of this calling, with any measure of fidelity, the pastor must come near to his people, nearer to them than he can possibly get in the pulpit, nearer to them as individuals. In the pulpit he must treat them in the mass, but never will he be able to influence them as he should until he gets into personal communion with them. Dr. John Hall has presented the thought in an impressive manner. The experience of the church is that the pastor effects the most in the end who comes into closest personal contact with his charge. No amount of organizing, no skill in creating machinery and manipulating committees is a substitute for this. Who feels the power of a tear in the eye of a committee? The minister who would be like the master must go, and like him, lay the warm, kindly hand on the leper, the diseased, the wretched, he must touch the blind eyes with something from himself. The tears must be in his own eyes over the dead who are to be raised to spiritual life. It has been objected against much family visiting, and it takes away too much of the time of the minister from his study. Surely this objection is not well considered. It certainly would never be urged by those who have much experience in the active work of the pastor. It should be remembered that the business of the minister is not simply to be a student, but it is to bring the truth into contact with the minds and consciences of men. Can it interfere with that work to go amongst men and learn their wants and susceptibilities, to get near to their hearts, gain their affection, and open the way for the reception of God's message? Is not this one of the best possible methods of learning how to preach and how to study? Besides, let it be remembered that it cannot possibly be a waste of time 
for a pastor to engage in that, which is one of the most important elements of his calling, even the personal oversight of the flock. The great shepherd is committed to his care. This deeply important work of pastoral visitation can often be conducted to the great profit of the people by ministers who have not great powers, preachers, sometimes persons who may not be able to attract in the pulpit can make up for the deficiency by their success in preaching from house to house. Then, not one pastor in a hundred can be eminently successful, and continue so unless he visits his people. The attendance will not keep up when this duty is neglected. When it is faithfully discharged, its effects will immediately be seen and bring into the house of God those who had grown cold and begun to absent themselves. In the occasional presence of some who had hitherto utterly ignored the sanctuary, when a minister does not visit his people, he will not know them. There will be no attachment between him and them. He will be ignorant to their spiritual wants. He will lose one of the best guides and spurs to a faithful presentation of the gospel, and his whole ministry will be destitute of one of the best elements of his usefulness and one of its sweetest charms.